Lisa Arnold is a photographer. She uses her art form to empower people and show them their true beauty. Lisa asks all her clients the same question. How do you want to be seen? This episode, you will learn why it's important to get a portrait photo of yourself, why you should be in your brand photos if you're a business owner, how Lisa captures her subject's true beauty, and what Lisa did to grow her photography business. I was the typical wedding photographer. It was great. It was nice. But it became very, it had a sameness to it. So it became very cookie cutter. Uh, And I started falling out of love with that part of it. But I had one client, I was living in St. Louis, and I had a client who was coming from another state. And she is beautiful, like really beautiful. And she called me crying because she had been looking at her own pictures and was certain she would look unattractive in her wedding pictures. And I thought, oh my gosh, if this girl... (laughs) looks the way she does and feels that insecure, then it is pretty much across the board that women, and I can't speak for men, but women typically are just not very secure in the way they're seen. And so I gifted her a portrait session. And from that session to see her start off insecure and nervous and anxious. And by the end of it, in her wedding dress, dancing up the main boulevard, of downtown St. Louis with cars zipping by her. I thought this is what I want to do. And I didn't, I didn't pursue weddings anymore. I pursued portraits and I wanted to show women their beauty to show people in general, their beauty and their strength. And I get to do that all the time. And it's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. And And I do it by asking a question, how do you want to be seen? What is it about you that you want people to know about you? Because it's not the pretty picture. That's kind of the end result. But you can take your own selfie, right? Everybody can do that. I want to be able to reflect back to my clients how they want people to know them. And uh, I get to do that all the time. And it's incredible. So that's what I do. And where did you formulate that question of how do you want to be seen? When did that question kind of come to you? I, I don't stop thinking about uh, photography. <laughs> I just love it. I used to ask the question, how do you want to be photographed? And then I realized, well, that's a really stupid question because if they knew, they, they wouldn't be coming to me. And, <laughs> and the fact is most people don't want to be photographed. Honestly, most people are very uncomfortable. Again, I can't speak for men, but certainly most women are uncomfortable. And so I wanted to be able to make them realize that it's really about them. I'll take care of the the photograph. Let me just know who you are. And then together we can create however it is they want to be seen. And when you had this vision of this woman that you described as being very beautiful and almost Mm -hmm. to the point of, if she didn't think she was beautiful, how would other people see their beauty? How did you kind of formulate that into your now core kind of message of finding people's not only inner beauty, but just inner image? Through, through trial, really, just by listening, by asking a lot of questions, spending a lot of time with people and trying to think outside of the traditional. Um, not that traditional is wrong. I think that for a lot of people, traditional photography is very important because it represents who they are. That's great. But most people I work with, I would not describe them as being traditional. 
their personalities. And so I didn't want to create something that didn't represent them. They don't, why would you pay me to do that? Mm. <laughs> right? I mean, even for people, sorry, my uh, motorcycle just went by. Mm-hmm. Um, even for people who come to me for their personal branding, for their headshots, it's not about what they do. It's about who they are and the experience people will have with them. And so why not show that? Why not show what the, you know, who they really are and how, how you can expect to interact with them. And that can all be shown in your portraits. Absolutely. Yeah. And when someone's taking a portrait, why do you think it's so hard for them to actually be photographed? Because nowadays people take pictures all the time. You know, I could take a, a million pictures in my phone right now, but the concept of you're a professional photographer, you're gonna have that nice camera with the lens and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Why is that so difficult for people to kind of, like you said, be themselves and for you to capture themselves? It's so weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's so weird. I have given a lot of thought to that. And I believe that some of it is sort of the propaganda of what society tells us. We were told to focus on how we look and how we want people to look at us. But again, and I don't want to just keep reiterating, but the fact is it's about who you are. And we don't often, we're not often encouraged to ask that question. So if all you want is a likeness of yourself, you are absolutely right. We do that all the time. Click, 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 click. But does that really reflect who who you are? And the idea that someone else is now going to reflect back to me all of the things that I think are flaws, all of the things I don't like about myself or whatever voices are in our, are in our head, the things people have told us, I think is very intimidating. It is to me. It's it's actually anxiety ridden to me to be photographed. I'll tell you something. There was a little girl whose family, I knew her parents before she was born. I took their family portraits, her maternity, all of those. Well, this little girl was about seven or eight and she, she knows me, we're friends. And she had just gotten a little camera and she wanted to take my picture. And I swear to you, I dove over the sofa <laughs> to avoid this child this little child with a camera because I was uncomfortable being photographed. Mm. So I get it. I do not take this lightly. (laughs) I get it. But I also recognize the value and the importance of being seen. You you know, that wasn't really that long ago. How many generations ago that the matriarch of the home, there would be a a beautiful portrait, a painting or a photograph of her sitting over the mantle, like a centerpiece of the home. And everyone that would walk by would would know that's my mom or my grandmother. And they would know if they were a woman that someday they would have the same portrait of themselves. And now we have a whole generation of family portraits with mothers absent because they say, oh, no, no, not me just my kids or the dog, (laughs) (laughs) the dog, but not me. Um, And what a loss. Yeah. What a loss to not have that. And through your means of, you know, communication, which is photography, Mm. how can women empower themselves by finding out who they are? Oh, that is such a loaded question. (laughs) 
probably with a lot more therapy than I can give them. Um, I think <laughs> I think if it's possible to recognize the noise that we're being taught and we don't even know we're being taught it, you know, if, if we have movies, magazines, TV, social media, billboards, we are being taught that there is an accepted standard of what is considered beauty while simultaneously being told by the beauty industry that we will never reach that standard. <laughs> yeah. So how's that supposed to work, right? Yeah. So if, if we can recognize that and recognize it for what it is, it's a falsehood. It's just, it's just people making money. That's all it is. And then hopefully pass that on to the younger generations that it's, it's just not true. Yeah. That for one thing, that standard is, is ever moving. It's like this moving target you can never reach. And there is, this sounds so cliche, but there is beauty in everyone. And yeah, just figure out how you want to show that. Yeah. And Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it makes sense. And one thing I noticed with your photography is you also do kind of, you know, brand photography, but you want to have mm -hmm. the person who is, you know, the owner of that company in those photographs, which is very yes. uncommon. A lot of people just want, no, no, just same way you said with the with the kids and the, and the dog, you know, no, 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 just show the product, don't show me. And your view on things is that the owner should be in the pictures because that helps people to connect. Yeah, especially small business owners, think about it. If, if somebody comes to me as a photographer, they know they're going to spend more with me than they are if they go to Walmart photo studios. They, they just know that inherently. And one of the reasons is they're going to have a different experience. The product will be superior and they will get to work with the owner of the business. So if I'm asking them to put their trust in me, I have to be willing to, to, to be out there, to put myself out there for them. And there's this weird mentality that it's like, well, I have to, like you said, so photograph what I do, photograph the products that I sell. People already know the product by the time they come to your website, they've just Googled it. Mm. They already know that. So now the question is, well, why should they choose you amongst the other dozens or hundreds of people who offer a somewhat similar product or service? What is it that sets you apart? And if you can't be a part of that, you're asking an, an awful lot of them to trust you if you are not willing to be seen in your business. And why should we be seen in our business? What, what makes it important to be seen in our business? I think it comes back to the fact that if, especially if you are the face of your business, if people working with your business are going to be working with you, then your portraits, your videos, that's an opportunity to have that initial introduction kind of a conversation depending on the way you're photographed. For instance, if you are photographed as, if you're an accountant, for instance, and you're photographed in the way that you think an accountant should be seen in sort of a stern, traditional way, but that doesn't represent you, then you've missed an opportunity to connect with people who want somebody who's good with numbers, but who's also maybe fun or energetic or outgoing. And that can be seen and should be seen in your portraits. And flipping it around, they should be able to know who they're going to be working with. Not just what you do, but why you do it 
who they're going to be working with. This all shows up in your personal branding, in your portraits. So, so Lisa, your business is, you know, mission led. You want to you want to empower people and help them to be seen. Kind of talk me through the process that happens when you get someone either coming to you or you find them. So you you meet this person, much like you met that woman in the in the, the store with her mother. Yes. And is it just a conversation that kind of sparks off, and then you kind of talk them into the process of, hey, you should be doing this and that. Like, I'm really curious about how it goes. It varies. It varies not only from person to person, but from location to location. You know how different places have their own personalities. Mm. I live in New Hampshire. And I live in a part of New Hampshire that is, I don't, it, it's somewhat conservative. So if, if a woman, for instance, wanted to be photographed here, she wouldn't feel comfortable giving herself permission to do that just because she wants a portrait. Mm. Because she would think that's kind of entitlement. <laughs> or who do you think you are having your portrait taken? That's just where we are. But if she recognizes she needs some marketing images, then as we discuss how she wants to be seen, I'm able to get a better, a better idea of who she is and how she wants to be known. I will create her personal branding portraits, but while we're at it, I'm also going to create images that show her beauty, that show her strength and maybe her vulnerability, whatever it is that's important to her. And then she can choose to purchase them or not, doesn't matter to me, but I'm going to show her, she's going to see it. So it is really a lot of conversation. Sometimes it's multiple conversations before we actually get together to shoot because that's the most important thing is knowing who they are and listening to what's important to them. And how do you get someone, this sounds a bit strange to say, but in the mood to be photographed, how do you make sure that they are being, you know, as close to themselves as possible? Because that's, that is part of the job. Because I, I had uh, a couple headshots taken about two years ago. And what the photographer did, first of all, she just made me feel relaxed. There was music playing. You know, she was she was having a good time. And, you know, there was a few other people in the room. So it made me feel a lot less like I was, you know, it's just me and her and we're taking pictures. It was more like I was kind of in an experience. And, and it so happened to be that way. So, yeah, talk me through the process of getting someone kind of in the in the right mind state to be photographed. Well, she must have recognized in you that that was something that that you would have been comfortable with, either from a previous conversation or she picked it up when you first started working together. And that's so insightful. So again, it's listening to people, finding out what's important to them and then reflecting it back to them before I even raise up the camera. So we may have a few conversations. The day comes and they come to my studio and I I know what's important to them. So we can converse on those things. And it's not like manipulation. It's not like a sales thing. Mm -hmm. It's more just a personal interest in who they are. And, you know, everybody feels a little bit more comfortable if they feel like they're important and they should. And so we just kind of work together. And to be totally honest, once they come here, even though we've had the conversations, they do revert back into this sort of anxiety and that's okay. Because we've had the conversations ahead of time, I recognize that what I'm seeing right now is not them. That's not really who they are. They're just nervous. They just hate the idea of it. So we just work with it. If they need music, that's great. If they need coffee, wine, whatever, if they just need to take their time. Sometimes it lasts four or five hours. It depends on the person. So it's whatever they need. 
Mm. And through all these kind of conversations and, and getting to know your, oh, what's the what's the right word? The, the person you're taking portraits of, I, I don't know what the right word for that would be, but- Your client. Your yeah, client. That's... Getting to know mm-hmm. your client. You've said in uh, some of your kind of social media stuff and on your website that their stories have moved you. And I'm curious, mm. you know, what stories stand out? What ones have moved you the most and why? Oh, there are so many. They've been so generous. Uh, there was, okay, there was a family visiting from New York and they were walking by my studio and the mother knew immediately what I was about. And she was just having none of it. She just walked quicker. <laughs> but the husband, he just kind of peeked his head in and asked me what I was doing. And I said, I show women their beauty. So he called his his wife and his grown daughter back. And the whole time, her name is Janice. Janice was just shaking her head like, no, no. They came in the studio and I asked her when was the last time she was photographed. And she wouldn't even answer me. She was just like, no, nope, shaking her head. So I said, well, when's the last time you and your daughter were photographed together? And she started crying. And unfortunately, my client came, so they had to leave, but they came back later on that day. And she told my assistant that she had been crying since she heard the question. And it just never occurred to her that she could do this thing, that she could be photographed with her daughter. And so they made arrangements to come back from New York and they spent the weekend here. And we had a wonderful time even before she saw the portraits. That's the thing. They haven't even seen the results of the sitting and they feel better. They they stand taller they just it sounds so made up but it's really true she just felt better she was in tears with joy um and then they saw the portraits of the two of them together and some were very formal and some were the two of them laughing but to be able to be a part of that to be able to witness it is amazing but to know that I was able to facilitate that to help this beautiful woman who has raised two children and is now taking care of her elder parent and lived this life to be the first person who was ever able to show her 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 real beauty. It's, it's incredible. And then to have her testimonial come back to me and, and to know that it moved her. She came back a second time. She brought her mother to come back a second time. So that to me is so moving just to know that people who are otherwise unsure of themselves are willing to put themselves in my hand and then to see the results it's such an honor and And that's just one there's so many i was gonna say and and that's you know one example of the power of being Mm -hmm. seen have you got an example of someone who came in like really confident and actually you had to kind of scale them back a bit or something like that or is it always kind of you get these shy timid type clients I wish there was more confidence. There's only one person of all the time I've done this. Only one person. I I was friends with her husband before they were married. And so as a wedding gift, I was going to offer her a bridal setting. And before the words were out of my mouth, she says, yes. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, I've never seen this before. But she's the only person. That's the only time I've ever seen that. I think it would be easier to reel in confidence than to pull it out. 
Um, even the people that you might think are confident, there's something about raising that camera up that they just, they say things kind of nonsensically, like, I don't know how to smile, or I don't know what to do with my hands. And I know what they're saying. It, it's that this feels unnatural. But just moments before I raised the camera, we were talking and they were smiling and they knew exactly what to do with their hands. But it is just such a, a vulnerable experience. And so, no, there aren't. I've never had the experience where they're just too confident. <laughs> That's never happened. It's just not a common thing in, in your field. No, I would love that. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. So I am kind of curious about how you run and operate a photography business because, you know, some people might say, oh, that's just a, a really fun hobby type thing, especially if you're not doing, you know, corporate and events and, and weddings. They go, oh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's interesting. But, you know, talk me through through the business mind that's in there, Lisa, because whether or not you, you think and will believe that, you have a very good business mind on you to be running your business. You have, you know, a studio, you have an assistant, all these things. So talk me through what that's like, being an entrepreneur in the creative field. Hmm. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I am definitely one of those people who used to say, oh, if I could do this for free, I would do it for free. Yeah. Um, because that is not my strength. Running the business is not my strength. And this will be something that if you have artists who are listeners, they will relate to, that it is very difficult for many who are in the creative field to value what they do enough to ask for their worth. Yeah. It just is. I I know people who are, fantastic painters. And if you were to ask them the price of their painting, they'd be like, oh, eh, no, they, they just don't see the value. But they were, I mean, but rather I ran across another photographer online and her name is Sue Bryce. She does not know me. She will never know me. But her story was very similar to mine in the, the sort of crippling way it happens to ask for your, your value to ask people for money for what you do, because you love it so much mm -hmm. and it comes out of you. So naturally it feels weird to ask for money, but listening to her, I, she's kind of, um, a, a trainer, honestly, a business trainer. And so just listening to her and being humble enough to recognize, I do not know what I'm doing in the business world. I simply don't. So I concentrate on what I do know. I bring in other people for the stuff I don't know. Otherwise, there's no way I could do it. Yeah. yeah. That is probably the least savvy answer you're ever going to get from an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the truth. I am very good at what I do. I am not good at the other stuff. So. Yeah. Well, at least, you know, at least you're conscious of the fact that you need to outsource things and, you know, you have strengths and you have weaknesses and to, to make sure your weaknesses aren't, you know, debilitating to your business, you go out and get other people. So I, I guess my, my next question would be, talk me through a time where something went wrong in your business, whether that was with a client or on the business side. And like, how did you overcome that? What, what did that look like? When it went wrong, I guess probably when I was still doing weddings, um, especially when I first started doing weddings, I was still using film mm. and inevitably you spend 10 hours a day shooting with film. There's going to be mess ups. I can't think of any specific 
incident, but just having that level of anxiety or getting the films back and it just not being quite what you thought. You know what? No, I can think of something. I was not prepared for this question. I apologize. There was um, somebody who came in for their, their personal branding for headshots and he was not dissatisfied, but he wasn't satisfied. Right. And so there's this feeling that floods over me like, oh, I really am worthless. I did a terrible job. <laughs> and it just, it can be debilitating, honestly, yeah. that voice in your head. And I've been doing this 25 years and still it's, it's pretty powerful. But the way I handled it was I just said, well, come on back and we'll do it again. And that's it. That's it. So probably the hardest thing is just keeping out of my own head. And again, I think there's probably other creatives if they're listening who are going to relate to that. Um, but I am grateful to say that overall, I've just had great clients, like fantastic clients. Yeah. Um, there was one wedding that was pretty bad, mm. but that was just a personality thing. <laughs> talk, talk me through it. What, what was what was the personality clash there? Was it just a bridezilla <laughs> no. situation? Not the, not during, oh. uh, but after. Yes, oh, okay. the, the day of was wonderful. The day after was wonderful. Going through and picking out the portraits was wonderful, but it was just, it was during the time when I was not firm in my pricing and in my value. And so when they kept asking for more, I interpreted that as, oh, I guess what I gave them wasn't good enough. And they interpreted it as, well, if she's going to keep giving me free stuff, I'm going to keep demanding it. And it just got overwhelming. And so it was a bad experience, but it was also a lesson learned. Because I learned that if you're willing to let people push you around, that's your fault. <laughs> mm. I mean, they're going to push, there will be people who push you around. Yeah. So the actual shoot was great, but the months following were rather disastrous. Yeah. But it's fine. That was years ago. So it's fine. And to have one really terrible experience in 25 years, I mean, who yeah. can say that? That's, that's yeah. true. And you've, yeah. you've touched on this a couple of times previously just now. And you said about getting your pricing right, knowing your worth. And I'm sure there's yeah. people listening to this now, whether they're you know, entrepreneurial, if they're creatives, they're trying to decide what their price is. And this is something I love to ask everybody, you know, how, how valuable is your time? What is the price you've put on your time? Because yes, there's the price of a, a picture, you know, I could go online and buy pictures of, I don't know, a cat for 99 cents. <laughs> or I could, you know, go try buy the Mona Lisa. How do you put a price on it? Where, what is the kind of cost breakdown that you're going through in your head? I have, through this other photographer, through listening to her and trusting her success and her reasoning, mm. the way I interpret it and use it in my business is I recognize that there needs to be a balance. That I can't start off saying, Personally, I'm not saying other people shouldn't, but I cannot personally start off saying, you have to pay me my package price in order for me to work with you. Mm. My starting package is $1,200. Okay. So instead, what I say is $200 sitting fee, which will include one image, and you are under no obligation to buy anything else. So that lets them know that I obligate myself to create the image that they will want. Right. Now, I used to just do the free sitting, but I think that sets people up for a free mentality, yeah. a free mindset. Mm. And it's hard to switch them once you're there. Mm. 
you know, you don't go into Walmart and then go to the most expensive rack. <laughs> you know, you go there because it's cheap. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be known as the cheap photographer. Mm -hmm. Just the opposite, actually. I wanted to be known as the highest quality photographer. And so that is how I engage. I let them know up front, I am not looking to be the cheapest. However, if you don't like the results, you are under no obligation. There will be no hard sell. You can see the images and you can purchase whatever you like. And you, if you like none of it, you don't have to purchase any of it. And it works beautifully. Now, I know other photographers who do only packages and it works for them. But for my personality, that's, that's how I prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. How would you advise creatives to go around the conversation of money? Because like you said, it's very easy to go with the 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 first one's free or I'll do a bit for free and if you like it, then pay me type model. And you said you're leading with the whole idea of, you know, we can do one photo or one sitting for $200 and then from there we can build it up. But, you know, that that takes a level of confidence or a level of kind of experience. So talk me through the what the money conversation is like as a creative how do you how do we do that dance i think the first conversation is going to be in your own mind and that's what it was with me because it wasn't the quality of my work that was the problem it was what i was saying inside my own head so it was the confidence that you mentioned so once i started fixing that really working on the blocks behind, around my money issues um it became, it became the, the norm. It became what this other photographer calls an equal exchange of value. I came to recognize that what I am offering is worth what I am asking for. But that, frankly, took a lot of time and a lot of work. I used to, <laughs> I used to shoot weekend weddings, meaning the rehearsal dinner, the day of the wedding, and a shoot the next day. And I kid you not, for $500, the Sometimes whole thing. That might be just gone on travel and, and food expenses for a weekend. It's insane. Mm. It is insane. The wedding day itself is eight to 10 hours. Mm. <laughs> it's nuts. You're already below not minimum to wage. Mention, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well below. <laughs> not to mention all the post-production. But in my mind, I was thinking, but if I charge more, no one will hire me. Mm. Rather than thinking, well... What, what benefit is there to, do, to being hired, mm. you know? And I will also say I have to give credit to a woman I worked with who does EFT tapping. I don't know if that's something you're familiar with. I was not. No. And it's sort of Make an us all familiar. <laughs> okay. What's that? Make us all familiar yeah. with that. What, what EFT tapping? EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique, and it uses acupressure points. Mm. And I will be really honest. I met her at a network meeting and she's talking about tapping on these points on her face. And that helps you to be able to ask for money. And I was like, what is she talking about? Mm. <laughs> but she had a really cool vibe. And yeah. I really thought, well, her story, she seems legitimate. She didn't seem totally new age, just the opposite. Mm. And she shared her story. She shared how it helped her. So working with her, actually did help to remove a lot of the weird thoughts I had around money in general, not just whether or not my photography was worth it, but in any job I ever did, I always accepted lower than I should have. 
but felt like it was more than I should have. Yeah. So anyway, I worked with this woman, Jeannie, Jeannie Demers, EFT tapping. And I realized even if this whole tapping on my face thing is just in my head, the whole thing is in my head anyway. It's all just this jumbling mess I'm telling myself about what money is. Mm -hmm. So if this can help, I'll give it a shot. And it did. It did. Now, if somebody asked me before, before, if someone asked me my pricing, I would literally not answer them. I would say, well, why don't you give me your email and I'll send you some prices. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't say the number. Mm -hmm. If they did work with me and they went to pay me at the end of the shoot or at the end of the, when they went to pick up their, their images, mm. they would go to hand me the check and I just wouldn't take it. I would just stand there talking about nothing yeah. until finally they looked at me like I was crazy and they would just put the check down and leave. Like, this <laughs> is weird. <laughs> now, if somebody asks me, so what's your pricing? I can easily say, well, my sitting fee is $200. And with that, you will get a beautiful eight by 10 portrait, matted, ready to frame. And my packages start at $1,200. But for now, all you have to worry about is how you want to be seen. Mm. And I can assure you, I will take the most beautiful portrait of yourself you've ever seen. And if you don't like them, you don't have to buy them. And that's the truth. Yeah. It's not a pitch. It's just what's real. But it took months of really hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it was not easy. Yeah. Well, so the that's a long answer to your question. Yeah. But the conversation had to start in my head first. Yeah. Yeah. All, all yeah. these things, EFT tapping, having a conversation in your head, it got you to the point where you needed to be. So, you know, yes. at, at least at least it worked out for you. One thing I want to okay. ask you, because I'm sure most creatives who are new or, you know, creatives that are even established, actually, are always looking for what other people's tips and tricks are. So obviously for you, you're in the photography field. You know, mm -hmm. what are your tips and tricks for photography that we could try today? I, I, I hate to say this to photographers, but you know, okay. something that we could use f on our phone, maybe, you know, a, a yep. style of posing or something like that. Cause not everybody has the money to buy a nice lens or buy a nice camera, but everybody can, you know, pose in a certain way or make sure they get their lighting right. So what, what are Lisa Arnold's tips and tricks? Well, first of all, if you have a phone, you have a better camera than I started with when digital came out. <laughs> so <laughs> you do have a really nice camera and you should use it. Things that I think through Zoom, people have come to recognize before Zoom. I saw a lot of selfies where the proportion, the, the composition was really weird and wonky. Yeah. Um, probably everyone knows, don't look down at your camera mm. when you're being, when you photograph yourself. I mean, nobody wants to see this looking up your nose thing. No one wants to see that. It's not pretty. And mm. it doesn't matter how cute you are. Yeah. It just, it's, it's weird. Mm. Whatever is nearest the camera is going to look largest. Yeah. So even having it flat to your face is probably not best. Mm. Again, I think we all know if you raise it just a touch above your eye line and tilt the top of it toward you, mm -hmm. that's going to be the best angle. Mm -hmm. um, and then this is another Sue Bryce gem that I have learned, and that's the photographer I mentioned. Mm -hmm. When we are in our relaxed state, your listeners can't see this because, you know, you can't see us. But when we're in a relaxed state, we tend to sit like this. We just do, right? Um, we just sort of become relaxed and we fall into our lower back. Yeah. So if you raise yourself up, and I don't mean being stiff, mm. but the difference between being kind of collapsed versus being strong mm -hmm. and elongating your neck, and this is for men and women, but at this point, this the rest of it's for women. 
So you elongate your neck and you bring your chin closest to the camera mm -hmm. and then down just a little bit because again, whatever's nearest the camera is largest and that's going to focus on your eyes. And your eyes are probably the most expressive part of you. Mm. So it's nice and strong, chin forward and down. That's a Sue Bryce thing. I cannot take credit. And then for guys, more just chin forward that, you know, being willing to be in your space. Right. That's probably good advice for all of us. Be willing to be in your space. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Be and, willing to be in your space. And those tips are going to help us get, you know, not quite a Lisa Arnold or a Sue Bryce level of picture, but it's going to get us that little bit closer to looking good. Yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think so. And lighting, lighting does not have to be terrifying. Mm. Um, diffuse light. Even that sounds scientific. It's not like get a see-through shower curtain, put it next to your window and use that for lighting because the diffusion of it makes it so it's not so shadowy and harsh and it just sort of washes over you like this beautiful beam of light. That's wonderful. So those are really simple things that you don't have to spend a bunch of money on. Yeah. You don't. Well, and don't worry about the filters. Be yeah. happy with the way you look. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that, actually, you know, photo editing and all that kind of stuff where, where you've been a photographer for 20 plus years, you've kind of progressed and grown through the whole digital era of things. And I mm. want to know what your views are on, you know, editing photos. How heavily can we edit a photo versus, you know, what comes out of the camera is, is what you'll see type thing. You will get a different answer from every photographer. My personal opinion is it depends on how they want to be seen. Mm. So if my client is uncomfortable with certain features and they want it edited, that's their business. That's totally up to them. Mm -hmm. But I don't take that on as a given. I can tell you there was a, a woman I worked with and she had a scar on her forehead that was pretty obvious. And she asked me if I would edit, edit it out. So what I did is I showed her edited and unedited. She didn't like the edited version. Mm. She, that scar represented a, an experience in her life that she did not like, but she was proud of the results. Mm -hmm. And she was not comfortable seeing herself without it. So I don't assume anything. Um, for my own work, for instance, the picture behind you, while it's not overly edited, it is shot through fabric and there's all these little funky things that you can do. But for somebody who's coming in for just their personal branding, I find out how they want to be seen. I ask the sometimes uncomfortable questions, you know, like the scar on the head, <laughs> do you want that in or out? Mm. And then I let them decide, you know, we're all adults here. They can decide what they want. Okay. So avoid the Instagram filters. They're doing you no favors and be seen as who you are because that's the best way to be seen. If that's how you want to be seen, you know, I even have to backpedal on that. Just don't rely on them. Don't rely on them all the time. Yeah. Every now and then just look at yourself and recognize that nobody is who they are on Instagram if everybody's using a filter. So every now and then just appreciate who you really are. That sounds so cheesy, I know, but it's true. Sometimes true. the cheesiest phrases kind of make you feel <laughs> the best, you know, and I'm kind of working up to, to asking you a cheesy question, but I feel like I've already heard the answer throughout the course of, of us speaking, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Okay, I'm ready. Lisa, what is it about what you do that brings you the most joy? Mm, the reflecting back to them. Yeah, I love looking at the end results 
I mean, this image behind me is 30 by 40, uh, 30 by yeah, 40 inches. So it's a nice size. I love looking at it, but looking at the results when I'm working with my client, seeing the transformation and not in that weird because they have more makeup on transformation, but because they have been seen, I, it's exhilarating. It is absolutely exhilarating to be able to do that. Where can the people find you online? It's always easy. Lisa Arnold Photography. That's it. Lisa Arnold. On Instagram, it's lisa.arnold.photography because there's more than one of us out there. But that's it. And I'll be planning a road trip that unfortunately will not include London. Um, And that will be to, uh, as far as I know anyway, won't include London. It's to go around and photograph and videotape or record people around that question, how they want to be seen, primarily generationally. And I am very excited for the results of that. But that's it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.